50 grand we get this in one take. Lance Stevenson face. <laughs> Frank Clark face. <laughs> what up? What's happening? What up? What up? Uh, what's your get hype? Like, if you're in a funk, what's the song or songs you put on to change your mood, get you dancing, lift your spirits? Uh, Eminem, Lose Yourself. Typical. Uh, really? Typical. Really? Spaghetti, spaghetti. <laughs> You better lose yourself. And is this that? That gets you. That get you going. Okay. Yeah. Is it just them? Do you have a? Uh... Uh, I probably got a few more, but like off the top, that is that's definitely a go-to. I don't know if I have one. But just start making music in your head. Yeah. I mean, like a real G. Real G's moving silence, like um. Mm. Luane said, or lasagna, I think. Lasagna? <laughs> oh, this is <laughs> analogy. Real G's. Did you hear a funeral? I did. Uh, Sound like a mixtape. Better or worse than Carter Five? Better, but it sounded like a mixtape. I felt like it's a lot of him rapping with no real hooks. Yeah. But, I feel like a lot of the new music now is just like rapping and the song has no real theme. It's just yeah. like lyrics about, you know, flexing, about the ice and the money and the hoes. And it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really a fan. Um, your brother You're not a Lil Wayne fan? No, I, I'm a, of course I'm a Lil Wayne fan. I'm talking about new Lil Wayne, not the Lil Wayne that... The little Wayne that does the auto tune and all that. No, I'm not a fan of that little Wayne. I'm a fan of. You had a lot of auto tune. Like the lighter too. right before you go in. Yeah. 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 Carter two, little Wayne. Um, no ceilings, little Wayne. That era. But this sound like. Is a it safe to say he fell off, or is there is there a comeback in sight for little Wayne? Here's the thing, his rapping ability on this past project uh, makes you feel like. Wayne's still there. Yeah. It's everything else. Um, the produ- I want Manny Fresh to lock in with Lil Wayne and give us another album. I think... Are you here for the producer, rapper, albums, just one producer? If it's... If it's um, Shorty Red and Jeezy, yes. If it's... Uh, some People that have chemistry... Um, Mustard and YG. Um, like the Timbaland, Justin uh, Justin Timberlake. That worked. Yeah. I like that. That did work. Um, but I don't know how many other rappers can lock in with one producer. Or Justice League and uh, Ross. Yeah. Justice League and Ross. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There's anybody else that I can say? Yeah, because it it doesn't always work, right? Like Kanye and Nas. No, I don't ever want to hear Kanye. It's so and weird Nas because the criticism track. for Nas, his whole career, is that his beat selection is subpar. And then you would think when he gets with a super dope beat maker like Ye, that it would be magic. But it just 
didn't seem to work. Nas needs somebody to, like a Fat Joe or like a Rick Ross that has a, a nice ear for picking out beats and being like, go in on this one. This is the one we got. Yeah. And I think that's what works for Remy or what is working for Remy is that she has Joe in her corner being able to say, nah, don't do that beat. Let's 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 see what this is about. Let's let's kind of work with this. Let's see how you can change the flow on this. I think he needs that type of same with Wayne right now. He needs that type of somebody in there with him telling him, no, do it like this. No, switch this. And it got to be somebody he trusts. Yeah. I would say Diddy, but I don't know if that that relationship is anything other than you know yeah. pitches. But yeah, I did. I did. See, did you see that if you turn the thing upside down, it says Little Wayne? Yeah, it's pretty clever. It's pretty creepy. I, I would have never thought that until somebody posted on Twitter. Yeah, I would have like, never thought that either. Whew. I wonder where they got that from. Like, did that come with? Uh, did he did tweet that or something? Or just people were just like <laughs> playing with their phone, twisting it, and then notice? I'm like, who? Who told you that? <laughs> Where'd you get that information from? It's super weird. It's super weird. On the on the conversation of music, did you see your boy uh, Betha? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was sipping all that tea. I was like, "Yes, Mace, give, give it to me." <laughs> but I like that he said he waited until he had enough money because he didn't want to sound bitter, broke, kind of like what people are saying about Dame Dash. He's always talking about Jay-Z because Jay-Z has reached this billionaire status and Dame Dash has kind of like fizzled out. He's not really in everybody's sights. Nobody knows if he's broke or not. He claims he's not. But it's kind of, you know what I mean? It's kind of like you're just mad because you don't have no money, so he you're just saying anything. Channel. And cookies. Yeah. yeah. And films. I think Dame is okay. I, 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 I believe he's okay. He's more than okay. Yeah, he's not J okay, but I believe he's I believe he's fine. But yeah. I like that that May said, "Look, I ain't broke. I just want what's mine." And you doing all this black excellence talk, and it sounds real nice. <sighs> but you were eating off my back and giving me the like the scraps. This is where I feel like. We need Do to you bring not believe in. him? Because you're making faces. I'm, I'm making faces because I'm I'm torn. And uh, we have somebody, luckily, that we can speak to about publishing, that we can, that we can uh, talk to about it. But I'm torn because uh, the artist side and the producer side. As an artist, yes, you created this material. Same side... It was at a time when Puff couldn't be at his hottest. No way out. Like, so you you took the name. He gave you that special sauce, so to speak, because Murder Mace wasn't selling anything. Murder Mace wasn't on a radio. He was a good rapper in Harlem, but he yeah. wasn't Mason Betha. You could say, okay. That's so, fair. It, in my opinion, I think, yeah, should you have your publishing as an artist? Yes. But you can't not credit 
somebody who helped. I think I was his only platinum album. Everything else was gold. And I was his debut. And people still listen to Harlem World. I don't think he was so much trying to discredit Puff as the music mogul that he is. When I was reading it, I read, listen, you're in a position now to where you're speaking about black excellence, you're speaking on this billionaire talk, you've made it, you've worked your way up, interning, running around for Andre Harrell, getting his coffee, now here you are, and you want to downplay and you want to down talk and degrade, you know, what the Grammy committee does, and but you know how artists eat. And if I'm not touring, I'm only able to eat off my masters and my publishing. And you own that, and I'm asking you back for it. And you're like, well, this dude could give me five million and you only offering me two. So I don't know. Come back when you got a little bit more. Yeah. This is why I wanted to So that part to me is a little bit is a little bit shady for, you know, for Diddy. Because the position that he is in now, he could just give Mace what give him his stuff. All right, we 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 gonna we gonna bring uh, somebody up here to have this conversation because it's one thing to not be able to speak from it from an artist perspective, but to be like, oh well, yeah, I think you should have it, or I think you should yeah. have it, but to hear it from somebody who's in music and currently doing it and can talk to us about publishing, yeah, I think uh, we'll we can get a, a lot of information. This so- nigga work for Josh Kitt. <laughs> <laughs> Black Mercy's own Black Gold. Mercy, not Marcy. Not Marcy. Black Mercy. You have a seat. No. You don't need to set up anything. All right. I'll share with Corey. Yeah. Where do you stand on the publishing thing? Can you talk to us about one, what publishing is for an artist and how they get tied into these things with uh, labels and everybody else? All right. So basically. When you have a song, right, there's two portions that make up. You have your master recordings and you Mm -hmm. have, like, the actual process. So the master recordings is what you usually, you hear on the upload to think, but you get paid also as a songwriter and as a producer. So most times the producer and the songwriter split it 50-50. The song is music, Mm -hmm. half lyrics. So when, like, somebody like a mace signs over, you you basically sign over your songwriting money along with the label already owning the master recordings. Mm -hmm. So you you missing out on a huge piece of music, especially when um, you go for like sync licensing to get in movies, it's a hit record. You're not getting paid as a songwriter. You probably get the advance that he gives you, but you don't get your songwriter royalties, basically. So if somebody from a, a low-income area is sitting at a table and you got a, an exec that comes in and says, I'm only here for 24 hours. I give you, 50, I throw $50,000 cash on the table, more money than you probably ever seen in your life. Says, I'll sign you a record deal, I'll give you a car, blah, 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 blah. You don't have time to necessarily think it over and have somebody read your paperwork. How, didn't you, how then do you know as an artist what is valuable, like what, do I, what should I deem valuable enough to fight for outside of masters and publishing. Like, if you're just coming in, how do you know, nah, this is something that I need to keep? 
don't get in the music business unless you know the music yeah. business. It's really that simple. Like you have to understand, you have to understand that your publishing is what you you get like residuals from. Because mm-hmm. your master recordings, I mean, you splitting that with the label. The, most of the time, the label owns it, owns the song because they pay for the studio time and. The engineer is the producer, and the producer gets a royalty rate out of the master recordings. So, like, the artist has his rate. The master recordings, uh, Bad Boy owns 80%, the artist owns 20%, and now the artist has to pay out of his percentage the royalty rate for the Mm. producer. It's a nasty game. (laughs) That's great. That's why, I mean, own, that's why the whole big fight about ownership, uploading. YouTube, they paying out pennies. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to get your publishing, even publishing for like podcasts. I mean, this is going up. Yeah, there's a master recording that you hear it, but these are basically like lyrics. So mm-hmm. where's right. that money going? Right. So where do you stand on the uh, Mace Diddy? Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Mace. You should have <laughs> known what you was doing. <laughs> like, there's no way around it. Like, it's the same business model since forever. You yeah. have to educate yourself on that. Yeah. He should have known better. Not, why would you sign over your lyrics? Yeah. That's, that's your work. You, why would you sign that over? And I get it, you with Puff, but it's like, you still got to know your business. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing, it's not Diddy's fault. It's his fault. You get what you negotiate. That's the music so if business. you were Puff and he came to you with two million, like, can I get my stuff back? Oh, what would you? I mean, is it is it worth that? He could come with two, but if it's worth eight, then I want eight. Like, it's no, you Fair. can't. Yeah. I got two million in cash. Okay, well, that's your value, but what is it out on the market? It may have even been cheaper. Yeah, and Puff could have came up, but Puff not giving that up. That's going to like his kids. Yeah. Publishing, well, I think it did say he get it back at 50 years old or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, that's soon. <laughs> that's soon. <laughs> that's soon, but you you get what you negotiate. You should have known not to sign nothing like that. How do you know not to sign it, though, if you're new to the game and you're sitting in front of Puff, who works with Big, who has total... You gotta inform so, yourself. You know not to be like, oh, well, no, that, let, me get the, let, let me keep my publishing, you keep... The masses, like, how do you know? <laughs> Educate yourself <laughs> yeah. on well, the music business. Find somebody that knows. Somebody you, that knows. you have to know these things. Yeah. You you have to know these things. Yeah. I I look at this Mace thing and I automatically think Tony Braxton. I think TLC. Yeah. I think there's so many artists where it's documented where the music business has done them wrong. Yeah. That's because the most of the time it's the producer that's breaking the artist. So the producer has all of the leeway. So if I'm in the studio with like somebody that's just starting and I'm crafting this song, telling them how to do this, and I'm helping with lyrics as mm-hmm. well. So like we might split publishing 70, 30. If you're helping out with everything else. Definitely. I'm the mix engineer, I'm the producer, I'm the helping you write songs, helping harmonies, like. We just actually we just actually went through this when um for this first playlist that um that's out, uh we had to I had to show them like, hey, we did this and this on this on this. I did 
did this, this, this. So the publishing could come up 60, 40, 70, 30, and then the master recordings, what you get back from TuneCore, because a lot of artists think what they get back from TuneCore is all the money that they get. That's just from your masters. There's songwriting money that BMI and ASCAP have mm -hmm. to send you for being a songwriter. And if you don't do it, that means Spotify and YouTube and all of them get to keep your bread as a songwriter. Wow. Or ASCAP keep it. They don't send it. So it's unearned. It would basically be like unearned <clears throat> revenue on their books. Mm. So what is the master conversation? How do people know, like, I'm keeping my master's and my publish. How do you, like you said, educate yourself, but if I'm coming into the business, what do I know about masters and publishing? Like, if I, if I just know I know how to write lyrics and how to put out a song, um, what do I know about what a master is? What important that is to me down the line and residuals? How, what publishing, like... In, in most cases, these people don't know. True. Which go, they, it goes back to my original um, point. You have to educate <laughs> yourself... <laughs> <laughs> on the music business, about but I'm pretty sure if you in, you've done music, you you've heard the term. I mean, any everybody's heard the term masters, from like Jay Z owning his masters. That's what United Masters is built on. But mm -hmm. they have a different type of um, situation where, um, how can I say it? They you own your masters, but they own you in perpetuity. Okay. So like if you you put something out on United Masters and it blows up, mm. they have to uh, say, Atlantic has to do business with United Masters mm. before they do business with you. So you own it, but they own you. you. So what's more profitable, what's more valuable in negotiation? The Masters, the publishing? Sell a little cocaine, build up your <laughs> money, <laughs> start your LLC, <laughs> sign up for ASCAP BMI, do your own events, do your own marketing. Marketing is easier than ever with targeted ads and YouTube, get your money, have a solid marketing plan, invest in yourself, and you, sh you should be good. Build your audience that way. Don't, you don't really need the label. What you need the label, if you want to be like a super, super duper star, mm -hmm. want to be on the iHeartMedia Awards, that's when the labels and stuff start to come out. But... Also, I don't know if you heard of like Lucky Day yeah. or No or Normani. They're not signed to like RCA. They signed through their own record labels. So the record labels mm. are doing joint ventures okay. with your own record label. So your own record label will handle the artist development, and then they'll handle like the marketing. So it's different ways to come about it. But I would say, oh, get your LLC, start up your own publishing company. Own everything, sign up for ASCAP, BMI, apply for movies and stuff yourself, video games, get your music and all that. You can do all that through TuneCore.com. <laughs> Last thing before we get you out of here, what about the 360 deal? Because I feel like what you don't do them. <laughs> do. <laughs> Just don't do them. <laughs> you want? Do you really want you? Simple. You have you have a project, and around this project you have merchandise, you have touring and shows and. TV, sync license, and video games, they're going to take all of that without really putting in the legwork to do it. To, like, actually... Um, they didn't work for that money. Mm. You can do all that yourself through TuneCore.com. TuneCore paying you? 
Yes, they should. <laughs> they are paying me. Yes, they are. They are. They're paying them in other ways. Right. Well, thank you. Great information. Appreciate you. <clears throat> Man, I feel sorry for artists. It's a nasty game. Artists today. <laughs> I really do. It's a nasty game. I really do. All right. So it almost makes sense as an artist to be independent because you're doing the work. You're putting, yeah, you it's your artistry. Yeah. Um, if you don't know how to mix and master and all that, I remember before, back in the day, people used to walk around with uh, music business for dummy books. Mm -hmm. And you could tell, like, it was people that were trying to get into the music game, but there's so many intricacies yeah. involved yeah. with just knowing your own, knowing your business, whether it's music, whether it's uh, fashion, whatever you're doing, banking, uh, computers, yeah. whatever it is, you have to know where you are. Yeah. And when I saw the major, like I mentioned, when, when Preacher was talking to us, the Tony Braxton, that's the first thing that came to my mind was you get these people that can sing, they're young, then you have somebody come in that is a well-known name yeah. saying, hey, look, here's a contract. We got a record deal for you. Yeah. You sign your name because you just... Yeah. So excited about and you, taking the next step. Oh, this person came in. This yeah, person this is came my in. dream come true. Damn. And then you touring and doing all these shows and selling millions of, of albums. And then you look at your check and you're like, this is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been on tour for 200 days. Like, I sold 4 million albums and this is all I get? Where's the money? And then they never tell you it's, wardrobe and it's a whole expense list that is just and then the producer takes the manager you got to get paid the, the late is just i'd be doing shows at know. sobs for my entire <laughs> my entire career <laughs> not even joking you just gotta like, know because I, I feel like you get blinded by the tour seeing mm -hmm. Uh, the big stages, the bright yeah. lights, and not knowing, yeah, we had to pay the stage crew. We yeah. had to pay the lighting. We yeah. had, oh, you want a, you want a live band? Yeah. No problem. Yeah, you want fireworks and a waterfall no and you want a whole stage, a, a, a live band, seven people, dancers. It's a lot of money. That's why. It's <laughs> a lot of that's money. All I can say is that's wild. Yeah. It's wild. It's a wild game. Hey, listen, if you're an artist, get know your business, man. Don't don't have people uh come for your check. I mean Yeah, don't sell yourself <laughs> short. Best advice I have. <laughs> That's wild though. It's almost like uh sports agents well, not so much now, but sports agents taking uh advantage of yeah. College kids that don't know any better. Or... Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is a reasonable, if you had a manager, what do you think is a reasonable negotiating thing for your manager, a percentage for your manager? Uh, 20%. And in that 20%, what are you expecting from them? I'm expecting everything you sold me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, don't come to me telling me you can get me commercials and endorsements and touring and marketing. Like, don't sell me. And then, like, when I'm like, okay, well, where's the work? And you're like, yeah. 
<laughs> like, nah, nah. Like, <laughs> you told me X, Y, Z, and I want X, Y, Z, and I'll give you your 20% for that. I had somebody ask me, I had uh, someone trying to get into music, ask me to be their manager, and I had to turn them down because I said, I would be of no use to you. Yeah. I don't know one thing. Yeah. About the music, it, it's great that you want me to manage you. Yeah. A, a complete disservice, yeah. Because I wouldn't know how to book a show, right? I wouldn't know like what you need to advance your career. Yeah. I pretty much just be hanging around the studio, like, yeah, good song, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's probably the best you could do. Like, nah, that song trash, or like, yeah, that joint, that joint is hot. But other than that, it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I had to turn it down. I'm like, nah, bro. That's you, admirable. One, I'm Look not at stupid. You, I, being a grown man. Look at you. Round of, round of applause. Uh, but yeah, that, that's me knowing myself. Self-awareness is key. <laughs> it makes no sense me telling you, yeah, I'll be a manager. Mm-hmm. I'll take 20. And then same as you yeah. said, two, Can't three do months nothing. down the line, yeah. you like, um, what we doing? And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, bro. Like, come on. Jeez. Yeah. Well. So don't look for Corey to be your manager. Not, not, not yet. Not not yet. Give me some time to, to learn it and get some stuff under my belt and come back. Probably 2021, 2022. I'll be ready for you. But now? I'd have to He's send you rich some dollars money. You. At 100%, 100% rich dollars. I need exclusivity. I need... Rich has only had Olivia. Rich is the biggest doof... Every time I see him, I be like, nigga, go sit down. Nigga. What I will say is that he has connections. Yeah, apparently, but I'm like, I think I the most. Know, like, what's on your resume? What's his resume? Olivia? Olivia, and how well did that go? I think it was mainly her, though, because when I remember when she was on Love and Hip Hop back She's in the back day. back on Love and Hip Hop? No, back in the day. No, she's back on there this Is season. She? Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, she had to come back. Okay. Well, <laughs> by the way, Mona Scott is. Mona Scott's the devil. She has horns. She's going to lift her eyes <laughs> in hell. <laughs> right next to Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> the devil. <laughs> if you were in Love and Hip Hop, you and Mel, let's say they uh, bring y'all in. But you negotiate your contract before Mel. And your, your contract negotiation, you don't ask for, like, first-class travel wherever you go. But he does because he negotiates after you. Are you mad at him because he has first-class and you don't? Do you want him to give up yeah. his first-class? <laughs> Why? You didn't negotiate that. He did. So what? Ooh, women, boy, I tell you. Can't send a first-class without me. If I negotiated that and you, you have the same... Me, you should have made sure I did that. <laughs> Why would I be thinking, yeah. Because you should... thought of it for yourself. So you'd be like, oh, babe, did you negotiate that first class joint that I did? Like, you just going to think we boarding a flight and you got 1A and I'm in 23B? No, nigga, what? <laughs> you wow. <laughs> Nowhere in the world. Uh-uh. Nah. So you would want, if he had a first-class seat, to give up his seat to come sit back in 26B with you? Yes, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know about that. You fly first class. If you ever go back, would you after flying first class, or is you nose wide open to first class and there's no going back? Uh, I actually flew first class. Flex them. I wasn't gonna say anything, but you asked. Um, it's just you know you you do it because you you have to like. You fly every once a year. I think we fly is like, all right, one of these got to be first class. It was nice. Comfort plus, baby. Yeah. We get that. We got like four kids. It was like (laughs) that first class is out the window. (laughs) Yeah, so we, you know, we in the back. It's cool. (laughs) Comfort plus, baby. Listen, you know what I hate? When you go to... uh, book your 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 seat and then they only show you like the comfort plus yeah. and like the other and so it's like yeah. oh, okay let me click this seat upcharge of yeah. $80 <laughs> <Yeah>. huh <laughs> you know what I'll just wait for my seat assignment at the gate <laughs> I'll just wait I ain't even going oh man Super Bowl you yep. predicted the 49ers I did I predicted a trouncing. How wrong do you feel this morning or last night? Um, I don't feel that wrong because I was. We were almost there. Do it for Andy. Well, not we, but you know, 49ers were almost there. Do it for Andy. It was you know they were up ten with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter, and it's like, yeah, we got this. And then you know, Mahomes, my homeboy, threw some interceptions. It's like, okay, we definitely got this. And it was like, okay, maybe we ain't got this. Are you one of those people that, for the Super Bowl or any big sporting event, do you mainly watch for the game or do you watch for, like, all the other antics, halftime? No, I'm a sports fan, so I watch the Super Bowl for the game. How did you feel? um, Mahomes... Throws My two picks. Boy. He throws two picks. You got to be thinking, yeah, this is exactly. Yeah, because he hadn't thrown an interception the whole postseason. So it was like, pardon me. It was like, all right, it's the Super Bowl. Maybe the bright's a little, the lights a little bit too bright, stage a little too big. Uh, it happens, even to the best. It's only his second year. You're bound to have some crazy, you know. Some missteps, and Super Bowl is kind of like the wrong time to have a misstep, but you know, it happens. So that's where I was with it, and it was just like, oh, he's not playing. Let me tell you one thing the Brinks truck is about to back up. Oh, yeah. To Mahomes' driveway. Yeah. Somebody, I saw somebody say five years, 200 million. I'm an MVP, I'm a Super Bowl, Super MVP. Bowl MVP. And he had a legendary moment in the fourth quarter. I was like, I'm here. Called Richard Sherman toast the entire Richard game. Richard Sherman, shut up. <laughs> I called him toast. No more goat talk <laughs> from you, nigga. No more burnt toast. N- toast Twice. the entire game. Sammy Watkins. Yo. Bur- like, Sammy, I haven't heard Sammy's name. Sammy Watkins burnt you, nigga, for 40 yards. He had the PF Flyers on, man. Shut up. <laughs> 
no more. When when uh Sammy Watkins got past him, I'm like, all right, okay. When Tyreek Hill, it seemed like if he had more space, Tyreek could have scored a touchdown. Yeah. Like if he didn't have that help from the, yeah. the strong safety, Tyreek would have scored yeah. a touchdown. He would have. Because he was at least 15 yards. <laughs> I feel like they could have gotten a lot of those uh, Richard Sherman toast plays. <laughs> but the front four was putting a lot of pressure on Patty, so he really wasn't, like, comfortable in the pocket for, you know, long enough. But Rich, Sherm, enough. <laughs> enough. No more. No more. You're a, you're a, you're a schemed cover, whatever. You're not that. You're not about that island life. You, would you say he got exposed yesterday? He got exposed. You've been exposed. If that were uh, a Brady or a Manning, they would have exploited that coverage every single time. Every single time they saw. Every oh, which is one on one. All right, watch this. Yeah. Fly. Yeah. <laughs> Just go straight. Just go straight. Do a post. And, and whatever you got to do. I'll drop it right there for you. And that's sad for Richard Sherman, who is actually a really good. Deep heck. And I like Richard Sherman. I really do. You know, he has a great story coming from Compton or whatever, going to Stanford, which is like a prestigious university, worked his way up, talked his way into everybody's, you know, living rooms. But uh, uh, enough. Like, <laughs> this is not the Legion of Boom. Your better days are behind you. Be a little bit more humble. Don't go flexing your chest at the, you know, the post-game conference talking about nobody believes in you and nobody thinks I can cover man-to-man. We don't. And you couldn't. Clearly, you you cannot. So just be humble, sit down, come back next year, drink water. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of the goat talk. I wanted Mahomes to say so bad when I asked him... uh, you just want an MVP. What are you going to do now? I wanted him to say, I'm going to Tootsie. I mean, I'm going to Disney <laughs> Slip up one time. Just tell me where you really want to go. Don't... Uh, shout out to, I don't think I know one Kansas City Chief actual fan. I don't I think do. I know one. This do you? dude that used to go to my church, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Is that he's one? Yeah, it's the only one. Um, do you think? Because I saw a lot of during a, like the Super Bowl press conference, people were talking about having Mamba mentality and all that other stuff. Who? What athlete do you think is embodying that the most right now? It's been a week. What athlete has embodied that mentality that you can physically see? Not something that they're talking about on a podium, but... Uh, well, fresh off the Super Bowl, my homeboy, and uh, Dame Dollar. Dame time. Fam. Almost 300 points in six games. <laughs> when I say a tear? Yeah. Yeah. He went crazy. I felt bad for the Lakers. <laughs> Because, yeah, it was a sad, it was just a sad time. You know what I mean? And they pulled it together and they tried to play that game versus the Blazers Friday night. And LeBron came out with his speech and they had, you know, Bryant shirts all over the place. They had number eight, number 24 painted in the court. Uh, The Mamba team was there. Like, it was just, 
you had to win that game for Kobe. You had to. And everything... It was just like Kobe, like my last game. I have like I have to win this game and it has to be legendary. And he did it. Took 60 shots to have 60 points, but like, you know, like he did it because we 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 needed this moment for ESPN yeah. to replay his final game. And it was legendary. And LeBron and them, I I can give them a pass because I'm sure their hearts are still heavy. And it took a lot out of them emotionally. A lot of them were like really messed up uh, while Usher was singing and while uh, they were singing the Star Spangled Banner. Boston Usher should Man. never sing Amazing Grace. Yeah, I don't know why they asked Usher to do that, first of all. Um, get, get you a church girl from uh, West, West Angeles. Yeah, West Angeles. Kojic they could have got, yeah. But I'm sure there was like, it was a lot. And Dame was like, I feel y'all pain, <laughs> but listen. <laughs> but his, 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 thing with Dame and the Lakers, I felt like in the emotion of the night and everything that happened, that should have given the Lakers more than enough fuel. And I was, from tip-off, I'm like, all right, LeBron, this is your moment. Your game. Take it over. The Laker Nation never liked you here. They never wanted you here. They spray-painted you out on all those murals <laughs> downtown Los Angeles. Like, they don't care about you. But he had a resounding ovation when they introduced him. I'm like, yo, they're looking for a savior. They need it right now. They need it right now. This is your moment to go out and score 50. And I saw him passing, and I'm like, it's just not in him. It's just not, like, Mike's greatness, Mike's tenacity, Kobe embodied that, mimicked it, whatever you want to say. LeBron just doesn't have that. He's going to try to make the right basketball plays. He's going to try to get his team involved first. He does not have that Mamba mentality. Dame came in that building and said, look, I, I know y'all. Yeah. I, I know it's emotionally tense in there. Yeah. But guess what? Yeah. I'm paid to do something. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, do it. And you're not, I'm going to dribble from half court and pull up. And that's pull what he's been doing. Logo. I, I, dribble, <laughs> just casually dribble half the court. Logo. <laughs> Yuck. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> like... I was watching that game and I said, yo, Dame does not care at all. Yeah. He wasn't laying down. 48 and what? 48 and 12? Yeah. For the night? And then the next night he had 51. Yeah. yeah. Dame's on the tear. Dame's and been killing. if they get in the playoffs, that's one of the things I'm going to look back and be like, a lot of people have been talking about mama mentality and all that Is other stuff. Is he an MVP? Dame? Yeah. If he continues this, yeah. Remember that stretch? It, it might have been 2006 when, from, like, January to March. Kobe was averaging, like, 40. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is reminiscent. If he continues where he's at right now, yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't see nobody not giving it to Giannis. Yeah, because I don't really see a clear-cut MVP right now. It's just everybody's just cruising. i tell you one thing. But Dame is, Dame is standing out. Everybody else going to have to fight for that rookie of the year. Because I told you, when Zion come in and give them a, a spark, they want any any reason to give Zion that rookie of the year trophy. And he's providing them with more than enough uh, stats to be like. Yeah. Oh, he's putting them numbers okay. up. Okay. Yeah, he's doing it. I'm mad nobody giving my son Kendrick Nunn some rookie of the year props. The market. What market is he playing? Miami? Kendrick Nunn. Who, who's the 
when you think of Miami, not as you as a fan, but when you think of Miami, what's the first Don't name matter. to come he's to on your, a, He's on a tear. What's the first name to and come to mind? he wasn't even mind? drafted. What's the name that comes to mind? Pat Riley. Player, right now. Jimmy? No. If I'm I don't even be playing. He take more personal days than... If I'm a non... A new mother. Like, nigga, what... If I'm a non... If I'm a non-Heat fan, I don't yeah, know none. Yeah, but it's not for the non... It's for the writers who actually... And the coaches, whoever make these votes. Like, the fans don't vote rookie of the year and defensive player of the year and MVP. Co- coaches get it wrong every All-Star game. Bradley Bell? Get it wrong every All-Star game. See, All right, so I was too. arguing with Ryan... Uh, Aaron's nephew. Yeah. He was trying to tell me Jalen Brown is better than Bradley Bill. Coaches get it wrong. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you watch, bro. I guess because he's young. Like, Jalen Brown is a little bit young. Like, he's only been in the league three years. So, you know, that's the kind of wave that Ryan is on, like, watching the young kids. But I'm like, yo. I heard it. Uh, I heard it this week, but I was actually thinking about it yesterday. Your AIs, your Kobe's, your T Max—they grew up looking at Mike. I want to be like. I want to be. I want to be like Mike. Like Mike. That was them. Yeah. Your Tatum's, your Steph's, your Trey's. They're looking at Braun and Kobe. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's that. I wasn't old enough to watch these people. I'm modeling my game after right. what I've been able to see. Right. Jalen Brown, and I think fans, younger fans, are caught up in the moment. Yeah. Jaylen, look at Jalen Brown's career. I don't think. If he's saying right now, Jalen Brown is Yeah, and then he was trying than... to tell me he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals. and I'm like, he plays for the Celtics. Yeah. Like, a... that, the Celtics are a way better team than the Wizards. Like, just the organization as a whole, the Celtics are way better than the Wizards. Like, you can't say to me because he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals that he's better than somebody else. Like, Bradley Bill is an offensive nightmare. He's like, well, Jalen Brown plays two ways. I'm like, okay, like... <laughs> They average about the same amount of steals, same field goal percentage. I'm like, you're bugging. Jalen Brown's also been toast more than he's oh, yeah, made somebody for else sure. toast. For sure. Unguardable. Um, yeah. Bradley Bill's one of those people where when him and Wall were healthy, they were saying probably the best backcourt in the league was yeah. in Washington. Yeah. Wall's kind of... Had to deal with a lot of I injuries. I don't know what that nigga's on. And Bill's picked up the slack and been like, all right, well. Yeah, I'm here. You know, I earn my money. How much you give me a year? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I'll lace him up and we're going to go out. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah, worry so about I, it. I definitely think Bill was snubbed. Uh, Book. Devin Booker. Market. Market. I mean, but. He, 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 he can. Offensive First nightmare. First of all, Phoenix, free booker. Let him go, please. Trey's having that same problem where he's... he's Trey's fortunate enough to be in a market where people can still watch. Right. Phoenix, Phoenix is, is toast. <laughs> them niggas is watching live golf. Yeah. Before. 
free book. 23 hours of the day. <laughs> yeah. This book, get out of there as soon as you can. But that was part of that conversation we had about being drafted high in the first round, but going to a non-contender. Now you have to sort of kind of travel, traverse the waters well, of a you know, horrible... fulfill your four years, however long those rookie contracts are, and then... When you're a free agent, go about your business. Don't be like Giannis and and stay put with the organization that drafted you. But they've done well by him. I was going to say. Milwaukee has done well by Giannis. um, So I'll give them that. But didn't Book just sign like a year ago? Take your cue from Melo, folks. Get your money and get out. Trade deadline. Predictions. Derek Rose is going. Yeah, he's a nice piece. They're asking for uh, first round or lottery esque. Uh, Would you do it? Equivalent for D Rose. Yeah. Swap. Yeah. First round for D Rose. Really. Yeah. D Rose right now. Yeah. We mentioned it a couple episodes ago. He's averaging the same amount that he was when he won an MVP. And yeah. Again, market. And that market is trash. So yeah, nobody's really seeing it. But he is. He's doing work. I think he's going. Um, I don't know if they trade Trey Young away. They'll be stupid. They would, but um, I'm trying to think who else. I've heard um, Andre Drummond's name floating around. Yes. Now, if they lose Drummond and Rose, and Rose, yeah, they could just forget it. Tank, hang and, it up, and, and you know, hope for the best. Start a five-year building process. Um. I would like to see Drummond on a contender. Same with Rose. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Trey does get, if they somehow get Trey out, I would like to see him on a contender too. But where would you like to see Trey Young? Put him with. Put him in Milwaukee. Be mm. honest. If Milwaukee can pull the trigger, get rid of, unload some stuff. I would probably... You could book them for the championship after that. Because that's something that uh, Giannis doesn't have. He doesn't have a good guard. Mm -hmm. You see him dribbling the ball up the court, taking shots. Yeah. I would put Trey... uh, Yeah, put him in Milwaukee. Or even... I don't know how you would feel about this, but ship none to Atlanta and send Trey Nah, don't send my son to Atlanta. No. No. We don't want Trey Young. How about that? <laughs> okay. We want, okay. Yeah, when I tell you I'm so tired of G- Goron, whatever his name is, Dragic. <laughs> if y'all don't get this nigga <laughs> off the roster, I'm so tired of that long face. So if you can keep if you can keep none and get Trey, you would be on board? Uh, I don't like none like that. Like <laughs> to be like Refusing Trey Young for him. Drogers, none. Yeah. Yeah, out of here. Yeah, I'd take Trey Young. Him and Jimmy, that could be nice. And uh and Bam in the center. Yes. Yeah, that could be he's nice. been a a sleeper. Yeah. He almost. has. He's been working. He's been a sleeper. Uh before we go, which shows? Last thing. How would you well no? We were having a conversation yesterday before the game started. Who is we? 
the p- people at the Super Bowl party. Who's the my people friends. at the Super Bowl party? Um, my, my friends. Probably has friends. I, I do. I have uh, a little bit of friends. <laughs> a little bit. What we're talking about, uh, as parents, how do you raise your kids to look at teachers, police, things like that? Do you tell them that they're authoritative figures and they should be respected? Or is it a only person you respect, so to speak, is your is me and your father? No. Yeah, uh, for some reason, it was a real heated debate. Really? Because someone, uh, one of the females who has a daughter said that she would rather, she doesn't teach her daughter to respect teachers and police's authority figures. How old is she? The daughter has got to be. No, the mother. Oh, she's 34, 35? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it seemed like everybody in the room was saying, like, not in a bad sense, but she's already at a disadvantage. She's a black woman, and you're telling her now to go out and only respect you. Yeah, that's wild. I've never heard. It was, it was, yeah. Because <laughs> the conversation was, how do, how do you even, I have a how son. She, how, how does she expect her daughter to navigate through life not respecting anybody in authority? Essentially, the notion was, and I say this verbatim, I would rather be shot for talking back and standing up. Okay. To, yeah, the verbatim. <laughs> verbatim. This is your friend? Is this the company you keep? Well, everybody in the room was like... Yeah, what? well, and, like, what? Like, so then people were like, but the main, your only job when you leave your house is to get home. All right, so what kind of life does she have? Like... Because if I'm Iyamla, I'm, like, trying to peel back. (laughs) Who did you wrong when you was three? (laughs) That gave you this mindset that you ain't got to listen to nobody. My friend who's, uh, he's not a lawyer, but he's in, like, the law field, like, Mm paralegal-esque type. And he was saying, I'll tell my one-year-old son and anybody else, <laughs> friend, family, whatever have you, you're dealing with authority, shut up. Yeah. They say they're going to give you seven tickets. Get the tickets, go home, and fight when you get home. Right. But your main job is to get home. Yeah. While you're there in front of them, shut up. Yeah. No, no, yeah. you don't got to be. Because you don't win that battle. Ten times Especially out of ten, when you never you, win. when you're this color. No. So. And we she, all were looking at her like, that's horrible. I mean, well, she said she would rather, so. Fam, that's still I, like, like you can't even like. What do you say to someone at that point? Literally willing to risk it all. That that that's it was crazy to us sitting there because we were like, fam, she's a black woman. Yeah, that's wild. If you're telling her she doesn't have to respect, that's wild. Like teach, and there was a teacher there that was saying, but I. I am the authority. You're exactly. in my class. You have to you're listen. You're with like, me longer than you're with your actual mother. Like, I have you for eight hours in the day. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with your kid? Eight hours a day that's not trying to listen to me. That is bugged out. I we, thought you were going to say the, the woman was like 20. No. I was like, all right, no. she a little girl. 
30 something. Okay. That's And we all were like all right, this game can't start soon enough. But she yeah, was, that's we were like, we were sitting there talking to her like, and it got real heated at one point, and they were like, all right, we're going to have to change the conversation because you you can't tell someone how to parent their right. child. Two, you can't tell them that they're wrong if they yeah. choose to go a different way. Like, but I feel like if you have a kid, your kid should know that there's authority. Yeah, so you can't tell someone how to parent, right? That's pretty much universal. But when when you're talking about authority and is that up for debate? It's like, I can't tell you like what time Caden should go to bed, mm-hmm. but maybe I can tell you like teach him how to, you know, teach him to be respectful to police officers. So when he's 16 and you know, it's not like a, 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 a fatal situation. Like, yeah. is there like a like a gray area with that? You can't tell people how to parent. Is there like an exception to that rule? No, I feel like everybody one um, different different strokes of different folks. I can, as a parent, give you advice, but it may not work for you. Yeah, you have four kids. You you can't parent Ethan the same way you parent Eva. You right. can't parent Evan the same way you parent Ellie. like. It's literally having a mix of saying, I have to raise, like, this child this Mm -hmm. way, this child this way, this child this way. So me giving you advice may not help you because it may work for my kid. Right. It don't work in my house. But what I feel like should be not globally expected, but... But I feel like that should be, like, a universal thing. Respect your elders. That's Especially how we teachers and cops. Like, yeah. maybe not, uh, you know, an old lady with her shopping cart walking down the street that you don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But you're talking about someone who is governing your child for 40 hours a week, basically. She ain't supposed to respect that that person? Like, because you know what happens then? You then get removed from school. And, and now you now you have like, to home train. Yeah, or it's like go to the next school and go to the, and then after a while, like they're gonna be like, all right, why she got kicked out of three schools? <laughs> hey, we don't want her. <laughs> it's December. She's been kicked yeah, out of three like, schools. Yeah, uh, like sorry, Miss Jackson, but yeah, we're good. <laughs> you like you're literally doing your child a disservice. I don't under, like I don't understand the logic behind that. Yeah, we all were sitting there like, what is happening? Yeah. You don't get a leg up by being disrespectful. I don't, I've never seen that work for anybody. I've always been told you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. Yeah. And that's every situation. Yeah. Tiffany's a grown woman. She doesn't like cops. And I tell her all the time, shut up. Yeah. Because yeah. you have two kids in the car, one. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like, don't pull me over for no stupidness, because like, I'll slap you, <laughs> Officer, <laughs> Officer Johnson. Fair. Like, don't okay. pull me over. But I got a shield now, so I'll be out here lawless. There you go. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. But now nah, you gotta like just you know just reel it in, because cops and, and brown folk that don't really they don't really already, work out for us. The the point was made. They already are. On red alert when they see. Yeah, they, they walk to the to the car door holding it like with their hand on the gun. Already, it's like relax. So, yeah, that was a 
part of our conversation. Yeah, she's a wild one. What show do you have before we cut I had it out? on my phone. <laughs> the Outsider. This nigga stole my goddamn show. All right, so you can have that show. That's I got fine. another one. Okay. I don't even have it. Do I have it? Yeah. The I outsider. got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, based on a... Can I go sideways? Yeah, based on a St- Stephen King's best-selling novel, The Outsider begins by following an investigation, which at first seemed like it would be simple and straightforward, but things change as it leads to the gruesome murder of a young boy by a seasoned cop. When an insidious supernatural force edges its way into the case, it leads the investigators to question everything they believe. Uh, yeah. Doppelgangers. Damn. Outside of HBO. Sundays, I, I don't know, 9, 10. My show... Um, 9 o'clock, I think it is. It hit the cutting room floor. We never got a chance to use it up here. But don't F with cats. Yeah. About this crazy white man that does that some pretty cool nuts. things to cats and white people, white peopled and dragged them down. They did that. On using social media. Internet geeks did that. Yeah. They did it, that. It almost made me a, a little scared to find out how quick it is for yeah. people to. Yeah. Pinpoint the internet is good and bad. Listen, it's a it might be an unnecessary evil. I don't know. The outsider, don't f with the cats. Yeah, don't f with the cats. Was have you sitting there for the whole three and a half hours? I don't even like your mouth open. I don't even. I don't even like cats. Yeah, I don't like cats either. So then I turned it on. I was like, all right, what is this? But then it grabbed my attention right away, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Get it together. Um, That's on Netflix. That is on Netflix. Don't F with the cats. That is on Netflix. Uh, Get your excuses ready. We will catch y'all next week. 14 million people called out Monday, but we weren't two of them. No. No, we weren't. Be here. Commitment is what it is. But all right. The people. That's all I have. Oh. Yes, sir. Sniggy!